Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is part of the 16 Days of Activism podcast campaign collaboration between the Noisy Movement and Period Poverty, U of E. I'm Jocelyn. I am your host from the Noisy Movement, where I am the president of our group. I'm so excited to be joined today by Alice and Rachel from Urban Angels, who are doing some phenomenal work over there. And I'm so excited to learn more about what their organization is doing, what their aims are, and what what we can learn from them during this time. So, Rachel, if you'd like to to get us started, maybe introduce yourself, introduce what you do at Urban Angels. Yeah, of course. Um, what a lovely introduction. Um, I'm uh, Rachel. I'm head of Urban Angels Edinburgh. Um, Urban Angels, I'm sure we'll go into a bit more depth, is just this community dedicated to improving the safety of women and non-binary individuals. Um, and we've got lots throughout the, the country at the moment, um, but I'm based in Edinburgh. I go to the university here and I'm sort of implementing what we what we see is fit here in Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, that's, that's me. Fantastic. And Alice, would you like to give us a quick introduction as well? So I'm Alice and I am the Vice President of Urban Angels. Um, I also run the um, Urban Angels group in Exeter, but my main role as part of Urban Angels is to help Talisker, who's the um, founder, and I help her kind of with the operations and running of our communities across the country and just generally kind of the more management and logistics side of things over at Urban Angels. Fantastic. Um, Well, thank you both for being with me today. I just wanted to get us started by asking about how Urban Angels was founded. I know you just mentioned Talisker and just I was wondering about where the first city was that the Facebook group was based around, um, why it started, how it started. Um, Well, I've got quite, um, I think Alice knows a bit more, but from my knowledge, I remember Talisker, our founder, saying that she just felt a bit fed up with unsafety, like that feeling of unsafety and hearing stories from your friends and your own experiences. Um, And I think that whole deep sense of terror that we all felt after the murder of Sarah Everard. Um, And it's just this feeling of wanting to do something about it. And I think that's what perfectly sums Urban Angels up. It's just a a community that prioritizes peer support to make sure that there's this space of solidarity in like somewhat of a quite scary world. but Alice knows more about the um, actual logistics of setting up, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, Rachel's absolutely right there. Um, Talisker set it up um, actually not too long ago um, in March of 2021. So it's very, very new um, in the grand scheme of things, though it might not seem like it because we've done so much already. Um, So she did set it up um, kind of in the wake of what happened with Sarah Everard and, in exactly the sense that Rachel said um, just about around her fear of um, women's safety and and non-binary people's safety at the time, Um, especially as we all know um, in the circumstances in which the Sarah Everard case unfolded, 
at the hands of law enforcement and um, an institution that, that we should look to for protection. Um, and yeah, so her first, um, the first community that she set up was in Exeter. Um, she headed that um, and then it just expanded from there. So uh, she went to Exeter for university and she did a geography degree, I think. Um, and she is now heading up, I think, 14, 15 and a massive, massive growing list of communities all across the country. Um, I mean, we go as far as Edinburgh, Glasgow, Durham, um, all the way down to potentially, I think we've got Brighton in talks at the moment. We've got Portsmouth, we've got Exeter, London, Birmingham, uh, Cardiff, so, so many places and a few international communities. Um, we have um, Amsterdam and we're looking to kind of grow that as well. But yeah, Rachel's absolutely right. This was kind of um something that Taliska sent up um, to kind of create this community where we can come together and seek support and solidarity um, in what is a very, very scary and worrying time for both women and non-binary people in today's day and age. Wow, fantastic. Um, it, it just sounds so interesting that in the wake of all this, something so, I mean, large was able to be created. I mean, you're one of the groups that is one of the newer ones that we are interviewing um, for this podcast series. So it's so impressive to see how large it's become in such a short amount of time, but also, I mean, does stand testament to the fact that it is so necessary. Um, I wanted to ask a bit more about the logistics of creating this type of community. I mean, so I believe you are a Facebook group. I just wanted to ask more about that, um, how you've been able to create communities online how exactly they work are they are they monitored how exactly do people engage with it more of the logistics behind this community um so yeah we've got a nationwide um instagram page which is open to anyone to follow um but we mainly operate through our city specific facebook groups which are private groups um <clears throat> that um you sort of you can share alerts of anything dangerous or um, things that you experience when out. And by posting that alert, you sort of let other people know what's going on. And um, we can sort of respond to that. And then hopefully if, if there's um, a repeat, we can sort of create a profile of something and kind of make sure that's prevented from happening again or prevent dangerous people being out on the streets. Um, it's also on the Facebook group, you can share news stories, you can share petitions, you can share anything where you can go and seek solidarity, seek support, um, share ideas or generate initiatives um, to make the city that you're in as, as safe as possible. And I'm part of um, Urban Angels Edinburgh, of course, but also I'm part of some of the other Urban Angels pages. And what the great thing is, is that you can sort of, you can take ideas from other ones and you can you just have such a wealth of resources and a wealth of personal experiences to share, um, which I just think is is so amazing um, to be able to just, I don't know, have that, have that sense of solidarity. Um, and I think, especially with such an issue such as like women and non-binary people safety, the, the main thing we learn from is personal experiences and learning tips from each other learning ways of coping ways of seeking change um, that can only really come from us um, and so being able to have a paper where you can share that and you can all learn from each other is 
so, so key with this issue, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I can completely see the um, the importance of having so many different groups that link together in this way. I mean, you have a very strong basis, but then you have the opportunity to change the resources that you're giving or the opportunity to be very flexible in the aid you're giving people um, based on individual cities. And I wanted to ask a bit more about that in terms of linking each group to their city or are you communicating with different organizations in each city or is there any sort of link to um, like let's say a an organization that's combating gender-based violence in a city are you connected with that connected with them are they possibly on the Facebook group or how exactly does that work like are you linked beyond your Facebook group no that's a that's a great question um so I think, as you would know, there are so many amazing organisations in Edinburgh already. Um, there's, uh, there's your one, there's Girl Up, there's Feminist Society, um, Strut Safe. There's so many amazing organisations and it, uh, I'm in communication with those and um, sorting out collaborations and they're part of the group at the moment. So they can sort of learn from what we say and we can learn from what they say. Um, and I know, I know, Alice, um, you're part of the Women in Law Society. I mean, you you run that, don't you? Yeah, so um, I, I'm co-president of the Women in Law Society at university, but Rachel's absolutely right. I think that the really important thing about Urban Angels is that Talisker strives to give ultimate autonomy to her head angels and allows them to because obviously they know the most about that the community that they're operating they live there they live the experience and and they are truly the people who are affected on the streets in that particular area and so it just doesn't make sense to have made urban angels like a centralized thing where we try and speak on behalf of so many different communities because for example um if we take Exeter, for example, um, we people might not know this, but we have the highest number of sexual assault on campuses on our campus out of the whole um, UK. And you wouldn't expect that because we seemingly look like a tiny little sleepy town in the southwest. So Exeter has very different problems to what, say, our communities in London will experience, to what our communities in Edinburgh experience. And so we are built on this um, basis that the head angels are able to actually engage in local charities and local organisations in order to best support their local community. So yeah, um, down in Exeter, we have a lot to do with Devon Rape Crisis. Um, a lot of their volunteers are actually in our Facebook group. Um, and the same as just with our universities. It's a space where we actually have lecturers that are a part of the Exeter community and, you know, walk around and use nighttime transport just the same as students do who want to engage in the group as well. And that's what makes us a really kind of standout group is that actually we are all about how we use our communities as a central focus in that particular area and we allow each head angel to autonomously address and choose which things and which charities and and what particular trends they are seeing in their groups and react to that in, in the way that they see best. And I think, you know, that's such a testament to Talisker's leadership and her ability to trust in her head angels to actually 
deliver such a great job and and absolutely every single one of them does that yeah very true I think um the sort of dynamacy of that um being able to learn about your city and learn about your needs and then have a, a base of like at least 13 other people who are specialists for their cities and being able to <clears throat> trade tips with them um, because just like you said Alice Exeter has a whole different whole different energy to Edinburgh it's got different requirements and different needs and it's better at some things and worse at other things compared to Edinburgh I think in Edinburgh the culture of the more ingrained culture of misogyny is more of a problem um and that's what I'm looking to try and tackle and that's what I've always been trying to tackle since starting out at Urban Angels um so yeah I think that's what really sets uh, sets us apart as an organization being able to apply our specific knowledge to that autonomy and having your own decisions over what happens in your city but also having a base you can refer back to and you know seek assistance from and yeah I think I think it's great. (laughs) Wow yeah no that sounds fantastic. I think I really really love your point about using people in your community as your resource and using them as this place to get knowledge because so much about these kind of issues have to do with real human stories and stories that are happening in real time. Um, And so there are a lot of things that, yes, they will eventually get put into the statistics or sometimes not, but it's really, really important to get information in real time and to hear about these stories as they're occurring. And you all are providing people the platform to hear that and to learn Um, I wanted to also ask, just because having started this, um, this community online, I wanted to ask about any of the limitations of being a primarily online platform, the safety of it, if you've had any sort of backlash or if you've had any issues of security or safety, Um, because I think that could be really useful for other organizers who are maybe hearing about this and people who either want to get involved with you or people who want to create something similar to what you've done to learn about the safety of an online platform and what what you've been able to do to combat any sort of unsafe or um, like problematic backlash? Brilliant question again. Um, luckily for my operation of Edinburgh so far, I haven't had any encounters with dangerous or um, sort of um, backlash sort of that kind of behavior um I know it was it was quite difficult to get it started because I started my community in May and that's after term had finished and I wasn't at uni and I know it's it's a bit hard to sort of direct people to your page just through online and the thing about the Facebook communities is the more people you have on there the better so you've got about 800 people part of the um, Edinburgh community community at the moment which is amazing um and this actually really reminds me of a, of a story of um, an, anon- an anonymous poster on our on our page um, who'd posted elsewhere and received backlash from um, from a more public Facebook page and wanted to share it through the Urban Angels page instead um, because it just it really speaks to the dangerous aspects of social media and of Facebook as well um, with. And that's why that's why in Urban Angels we have that procedure where we 
we ask you a certain amount of questions and make you check with the rules um, to make sure that the safeguarding of everyone who's part of it is protected. Um, and we we don't have a like we have that no tolerance policy. If if there's anything to threaten a member, then they will be removed because it's meant to be as safe a space as possible. Um, and that's that's completely that's a complete priority, really. Yeah, we um, we take safeguarding and um, the the safety of our members within our Facebook groups really, really seriously. And um, myself and Taliska have generated a safeguarding policy that we ensure that is part of the um, recruitment pack for every new head angel that we take on. Um, and it essentially details almost a, a risk assessment of everything that could go wrong with having an online community. And myself and Taliska have gone through that very rigorously and, and given very thorough steps as to what happens um, when things like that occur. Um, of course, it's very difficult. And one of the things in, um, that occurs on online communities, which is an issue of um, the modern day, is balancing rights of freedom of speech and freedom of expression against people's personal feelings. And it's very difficult to do that when you are dealing with um, very raw emotional feelings that have come through very harshly inflicted harm on somebody and so we are very cautious how we deal with people who want to be or feel as though they have to be nasty to people within groups um, we haven't had any issues as of yet um, because I I just believe that people are so in need of our urban angels communities that really they just don't see the necessity to be horrible to people that make posts on that um, but we do have those steps in place that um, take things such like um, you get a warning, for example, um, and we will send you a message to just outline how your message has come across or how your comment has come across. Mm. Um, we will kind of give you a warning. And if we see that again, we will take a step to remove you from the page. Um, we are also very um, serious about if we get a certain severity of posts on the page that we will endeavour to um, use our space as a signposting platform to people who post. So we make sure that we offer charities and organizations that can help for the kind of issue that they've highlighted to us so yes it is very difficult to run online communities but as Rachel said we ask people questions um, upon entry into the private group um, these include uh, adhering to rules and if you haven't checked that box then your request will be declined um, and we just make sure that as long as every um, head angel is sticking to the safeguarding policy it, it's pretty watertight and, and we're pretty sure that um, we've thought through everything that could possibly go wrong but it's taken a long time to compile and um, hopefully we will never have to use it but it's there if we do and I'm pretty sure that it's of a good rigidity that it would get us through and and sort anything out at it um at its immediate rate yeah fantastic thank you both for sharing so much about what exactly you do for the safety of the online platform because i think it can come across as a very daunting prospect to create something like this on a social media platform um especially one like facebook and so it's really impressive the i mean the necessary um steps you've taken to ensure that the least amount of dangerous or problematic things occur. Um, 
I wanted to pivot a bit and ask you a bit more about Edinburgh specifically and how you felt introducing Urban Angels here, if there were specific things that have come up more in Edinburgh than other places, just to learn more about our city. Um, I know, Alice, you were mentioning earlier a bit more of the specific things to do with Exeter. And so I was wondering if there were things or trends you found in Edinburgh so that anyone listening, whether they're part of an activist organization or not, can learn about what is actually occurring um, in our city. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Yeah, so as I was saying, I think with Edinburgh, um, one of my most passionate causes is to sort of tackle the ingrained misogyny within um, within people, especially coming because because the demographic of Edinburgh is um, is a large amount of private school educated students, mm. um, and I think there's been many studies into searching that ingrained sexism um, within boys' schools, um, which which is a massive massive problem, and I think anyone who's a student here will be aware of that. Um, And as I said before, there is just such a wealth of groups here and the whole energy of Edinburgh is, and I feel like it's really pushing for good. Um, Mm. And I was speaking with Femsock and Girl Up uh, and magazines like Seven Magazine um, about possibly setting up a meeting where all of these groups and organisations could just sit down in a room together and discuss where we want to go. Because when you have such an amazing set of people, being able to support each other and help each other in areas where you might be needing the help or maximising all of your good qualities, I think that would be such a good thing to do. So I'm looking at setting that up in the new year um, and just being able to communicate with that with them in order to have more things like that anti-spiking march in October which was just amazing having a sense of community around you and I think with the whole with things being online it's hard sometimes to be aware of how many people are like-minded and want to do good Mm. Um, especially because you know Girls Night in Edinburgh that that you know originated here um it and then blew up and went across across the nation um i just really want to make sure that we're maximizing this engagement to persist longer than boycotts to persist longer than a couple conversations to actually cause concrete change and i know there's lots of organizations out there right now speaking with clubs and doing things to make that better and it's just about it's just about continuing that effort because things won't change until they do if that makes sense yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah no I think that's really interesting as well because it's almost like you're trying to create that conversation that you've created on the urban angels facebook groups for women and non-binary people but now trying to create that through the different activist groups in the city and making sure that everyone is able to learn from one another um yeah yeah Yeah. and that's such a strong thing to try to do um I was also wondering if there are any specific like tips or ways in which that you think safety in Edinburgh could be improved, perhaps something that's come up on the page, um, if there are trends or things that have come up more often on the page, um, have people offered tips um, to 
to combat some of the more systemic things like misogyny that you were speaking about or even just tips in terms of safety in our city? Um, I think that would be really, really useful for our listeners to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I, I don't know if you remember that campaign. It was pretty recent about don't be that guy. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I think that was a really good one that was shared to sort of make sure you're having these conversations and to contact to combat sorry bystander intervention um and um i think i think with edinburgh right now there's been a lot of um a lot more knowledge towards which clubs aren't particularly good Mm. to sort of and then the i think what's really good is people people informing us on like what movements have been made by clubs what what reforms have been made and where they're sort of lacking is really good mm-hmm. um but no i think i think just sharing really really good articles for example there's this really good writer sophie for the tab she writes amazing articles on um the feeling of unsafety in edinburgh and what you can do to combat it or what she does and um i think sharing these sort of articles sharing information sources um is one of the ways that I really like to stay informed and um, think is really helpful because everyone's experiences are so unique to them. And so getting a wealth of knowledge from other people is is really key. Yeah, mm. yeah definitely. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, I have been trying to ask um, most of the groups this question just because this podcast is being created as part of the 16 days of activism. And so, I mean, we wanted to speak with you because we feel that you fit into this amazing discussion and dialogue being done through different activist groups. And I I was just wondering, how do you see yourself fitting into the broader dialogue and scope of something as large as combating gender-based violence? What do you see as your part in that? Well, that's a, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but an important one nonetheless. Um, I think what we've got here is we've got, um, we've got these organisations who have a specific focus. So we've got Strut Safe, who focus on walking home safely. We've got CERT, who focus on contraception and sex expression, who are on sex education. What urban angels focuses on is creating that community where you can it's it's for anything really you've got a facebook community which is distinct to you distinct to the people around you where you can share your specific pieces of, of advice and help each other to sort of grow and uh nurture and foster a community that feels like they have a role in in creating a safer place for all of us to live. Mm. I think that's such an amazing thing. Um, and I can only hope that it will grow and that people realise how, because I, I think it's easy for us to sort of have these conversations and um, not really think about, as you said, how they fit in a bigger scale, mm-hmm. but standing away from this and seeing all the progress that the whole community has made not just in Edinburgh but nationwide is just it's just amazing and at the end of the day all we're here is to just to just live happier and like safer lives Mm. and I think Alex would agree with me here the strides that we've made are just like incredible um 
and yeah I think that's just quite amazing yeah I think that the I think Urban Angels is really unique because we um we have our Instagram account that I think one of our recent posts actually reached about 15,000 people um so our Instagram we use as a, as a central place for people to come and receive advice and to um stay up to date with uh recent changes that might have happened with regards to sexual violence and this is a space where everyone can engage and we encourage everyone to engage so that they can be a part of listening to what needs to be done and potentially taking that forward to do something to change that. Um, whereas, you know, our individual communities then have this individual local power to use their knowledge and their understanding of their cities to really make meaningful change within their cities. And I think that what's so important to remember about Urban Angels is that we're not just university specific. Um, yes, we do most of our um, head angel recruitment, I guess, from universities, just because we know that we've got somebody that's um, in with the university and is also amongst the student, younger, youthful population within that city. Um, but we make changes throughout every single city in all different places so at universities um, within local organizations with local councils within the nighttime economy um, with bouncers with um, nightclubs there's many many things that we do so we like to see ourselves as working on a larger national scale with what we offer on our instagram and then a more localized very specific change based solely on the needs and concerns within that city mm. and hopefully after every urban angels um, head angel moves throughout their university time and someone else takes on the role we will just kind of see this snowballing effect of urban angels really anchoring some good and very meaningful change within every city that we become a part of and of course from mine and Talisker's end um we would never ever turn down um, a request to create a community. Um, we have several awaiting to be started at the moment. And so we just want to constantly keep expanding at where Urban Angels is so that we can really, really maximise how many cities across the country are getting this really localised support of how they can improve the state for everybody, really. And mm improve um because that's something that we we can't um overlook either is that if um i know that in exeter at the moment we have um just secured a big grant at the university to spend on gender-based violence um which includes um training bouncers um to kind of look for signs of um, spiking and people feeling uncomfortable by other people, but also just a, a bit of a general heightened awareness of, of what's going on at the moment. And that isn't just specific to women and non-binary people. Bouncer training is going to help everybody and it's going to help everybody feel safe within a, a nightclub setting. And, you know, that is our goal at the end of the day. The more people we can feel, uh, we can make feel safer, the better. But it just so happens that, you know, our particular organisation focuses on um, as it was set up in the wake of the Sarah Everard tragedy, that we are here to support the epidemic that is violence against women and non-binary people and it's super super important that 
um, if we can try and make change elsewhere through the change that we make within our local communities to help more people within the community, then that's 100% what we strive to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, Thank you so much for that and for, I mean, (laughs) connecting it into the larger context and what you'd like to do in the future. Um, Yeah, I just want to say thank you both so much for speaking with me today. If there's anything you'd like to signpost, we'll make sure to link your Instagram um, in the description of this and that if people want to uh, join the different groups in the different cities that would be through facebook mm-hmm. yeah so we'll send you the links through but yeah thank you so much this Phenomenal. has been amazing yeah thank you thank you both so so much um yeah and if anyone wants to learn more about what they do we will be putting um more information into the description below and yeah please do check out their social media they've been doing some amazing work i learned today uh, all over the world which is <laughs> pretty phenomenal. Um, So thank you, Rachel. And thank you, Alice. And thank you all for listening.